0: Thoughts we started last week on the subject of repentance, and remember now we are working our way looking at biblical prayers related to the outline for prayer using the word pray, praise, repentance, asking, and yielding. We spent some time looking at praise. In the Psalms and other places, we've moved on to repentance. Last week, we were in Daniel chapter 9. As Daniel prays for his people, for his nation, we see him actually confessing sins that he did not commit. He was confessing on behalf of his people, and he was actually going to the Lord at the end of a 70-year time period that he read about in Jeremiah's prophecy, believing that God's word is always right and true and that God will do what he says. At the end of that 70-year period, Daniel prays that God will forgive his people, his nation, the nation of Israel, as they prepare to be released from captivity. I think some of what Daniel was concerned about is that they don't go back into captivity again, that the sin he was confessing, sins he was confessing, had to do with why they were in captivity to begin with, or even what they were doing during captivity, sins they were committing And so he's saying, Lord, help us, forgive us. And when you set us free, don't let us live in the yoke of bondage of sin.
1: Tonight I want to get
0: more technical as far as a definition of repentance. And and we've talked about it before as far as the idea of a turning or a changing. I want to look at it, though, from this vantage point thinking differently about God and then turning to God. Have you ever thought about the fact that the reason we willfully sin is because our thinking is wrong about God? There, it could be said that every willful sin on the part of a believer, and by the way, the reason I'm using that terminology, willful sin, because that's the only reason believers sin is because we choose to. It's a willful choice. It's, we decide to sin because we don't have to, this, the. The power of sin has been broken in our lives. Romans 4, 5, 6, and 7 make that very, very clear in other texts of Scripture. So when a believer willfully sins, it's the result of unbelief, thinking the wrong way about God, not thinking the right way about God. And so when we get our head right, like the prodigal son. We'll look at, he comes up in our discussion tonight. When he came to himself, when he got his head on right, when he started thinking the right way about his father, that's when he turned. So repentance, in essence, means we think differently about God and then we turn to God, which implies, obviously, we're turning away from something else. So let's look at some texts of Scripture tonight as far as a definition of repentance. Let's say the meaning of repentance, it means to change your mind. Matthew chapter 12. And, and although the, the texts are on the screen, let me encourage you to turn to them in your Bibles because you might want to just make a little note out beside that this is a definition or a, the meaning of repentance. So Matthew chapter 12, at verse number 41. Again, Jesus is... Referring back to the prophet Jonah, by the way, um, our next study, after we finish the pray study, will be the book of Jonah. We're going to study that book of the Bible together. We haven't done a book of the Bible together for a while, so our next Wednesday night study will be the book of Jonah, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Jonah's about a whole lot more than just a big fish. As a matter of fact, the big fish is certainly not the main character in the book of Jonah. As a matter of fact, Jonah's not the main character in the book of Jonah. God is, all right? We'll get to that. Don't want to jump ahead of myself. All right, so, verse 41, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment. Really, the idea there is Jesus is saying to the religious crowd, the Jewish lawkeepers, you know what, the men in Nineveh, the people who repented in Nineveh, have a right to condemn you. Will rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. And obviously he's talking about himself. Now, if you were to go back to the book of Jonah when we get there, one of the most amazing revivals that ever took place, genuine gospel revivals that ever took place in history happens in Nineveh. Nineveh is the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, the most wicked empire on earth at that time. And ranks among the most wicked of all time. And yet Jonah... When he finally does get to Nineveh, in our English translation, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. An eight word sermon, and the whole city accepts the gospel. In essence, when Jesus is defining repentance here in verse 41, he is saying that the Ninevites were literally transformed in their thinking which transformed their lives. Now that's key. Transformation of thinking and a change in life. Go to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. I want to say a couple of things about this text. There are colleges... There are preachers, there are organizations, there are Christian periodicals who teach that repentance is not a doctrine we need today. That repentance was a pre-crucifixion Doctrine, obviously John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And and there are those who say, and will go so far as to say, that repentance is no longer necessary even for salvation. Now friends, that's heresy. It's just heresy. When they say things like, you know what? Repentance wasn't even taught after the resurrection. Look at Acts 26, 18. This is preaching that is going on. This is a message that is being preached. Paul is saying to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. He is, and although he doesn't use the word repent here, which by the way, Peter does on the day of Pentecost, which is after the resurrection. and, And you'll see it several other times. Um, and, and actually, if you go down to verse number twenty, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should what <coughs> repent and turn to God and do works meet. Now he's not saying that they work for repentance. What he's saying here is that they are doing works which demonstrate that they have repented. They turn from darkness to light. They turn from the power of Satan unto God. Obviously, uh, demonstrating, explaining what happens at salvation repentance. Verse 20 demonstrates the effects of salvation repentance. It means, repentance means, thinking differently about God and turning. To God, turning from here in verse 18. Satan, turning from darkness. Sin, obviously, is what we're saying. Verse 20 refers to the fact that they are living differently now. So they've turned from a lifestyle. We see that same demonstration in 1st Thessalonians go over there please 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 at verse number 9 for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you And how you turned to God from idols, why, to serve the living and true God. So there you have again the idea of thinking differently about God, so turning from idols, and now your life's different. Now the way you live is different. Go back to Luke chapter 15. Here we see again, I think Jesus, one of his most vivid examples of repentance. This is the story of the son, the prodigal son. And remember, Prodigal does not mean sinful. Prodigal does not mean backslidden. Prodigal means wasteful. And we're not necessarily even talking about the fact that he's wasting his money. We're talking about the fact that he's wasting his life. Alright? So the prodigal son goes, gets his inheritance, flees, gets his faraway From his father as possible, so that he can now live his own life, do his own thing, make his make his own decisions, live life the way he chooses, the way he desires, the way he wants. But when he hits rock bottom, when he came to himself, verse number 17, he starts to think differently about his father his father's goodness and his father's provision and his father's love. Verse 20 says he arose and he came to his father and his father's obviously looking for him because when he was a great way off, his father saw him and ran and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned. That's repentance. Repentance is accepting responsibility because we understand that we have broken the heart of our Father. And then let's go all the way back and look at one more example in the life of David at Psalm 38. Go all the way back to Psalm 38. This is one of the penitential psalms, Psalms of Repentance. Psalm 38, verse number 18. For I will declare my iniquity, my sin. In other words, I, I'm going I'm to openly admit it. I will be sorry for my sin. That's repentance. Repentance is not an abuse of the grace of God in that we expect God to forgive us no matter what we do. We know he will forgive us. We know he's faithful and just to forgive us. But a genuine attitude of repentance is sorrow. A genuine spirit of repentance is understanding we don't deserve to be forgiven. And we don't expect it. And we rejoice in it. When God does forgive, repentance is thinking differently about God. So go back through your day today, when you sinned today, when we sinned today. What was it about God we needed to think differently about? Was it worry, so we're doubting his care and love for us? Was it just outright rebellion, so we're we're doubting his authority and right to rule as sovereign king of our life? Was it that we gossiped or griped or complained and we're not remembering that Griping is thinking God's going to get it wrong. Worrying is thinking God's going to get it wrong. Maybe it's bitterness and we think God did get it wrong. So just kind of work your way back through the day. And see how you weren't thinking. We weren't thinking the right way about God when we willfully sinned. And ask God then for forgiveness and then tomorrow or maybe even the rest of the evening when tempted think the right way about God and ask him to help you help us think the right way about it. Let's pray.